So I always imagine my startup as an airplane, right? So I'm the captain of the plane. Our, our wheels are off the ground. It's, it's pretty much trying to scale from here, uh, from here on. Hey everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Race on Rise podcast, where I talk to high growth, digital facing businesses in Asia about how they're growing their triple bottom line. Today I'm chatting with Paulo Bugayong, CEO and co-founder of AID, the leading home healthcare app in the Philippines. So Paulo, tell us a little bit more about AID. I started this back in 2016 mm-hmm. to provide better access to healthcare in your home. And while saving time and energy, this platform is a marketplace that benefits both medical professionals and patients by connecting them to you virtually. Okay. So let's say for you, for the patient, if you want a doctor to come over or, or blood work to come over at your convenient time, all you have to do is book via the app. For the medical professionals, it's another avenue for them to earn and serve in the country. What's the, what's the end game? What's AIDS overall mission? Um, I guess going back to our thesis earlier in 2016, it's all, it's all about home health care. Mm-hmm. So we want to provide that to the Filipinos um, nationwide. And at the same time, to also provide uh, another avenue for these doctors and nurses to earn mm-hmm. in the country. This way, uh, these people or these medical professionals will stay with us in the Philippines. I'm sure you know most of these doctors try to leave to, to find better better life outside. Right. Right? So with this, it will be sustainable for the medical professionals to stay over, to stay here, I mean. And for the uh, patients, our goal really is home health care and to make them be healthier. Right, right. Of course. That's pretty much the goal of every health tech in the region, right? Yeah. So, I mean, as you said, a lot of our best doctors and healthcare professionals um, leave the country to find higher paying work. And so thank you for giving them a reason to stay and therefore, in the long term, improving overall healthcare in the country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely challenging for both sides, right? So for, for the doctors, um, there's only four doctors for every 10,000 Filipinos. Oh. So just imagine the challenge for these doctors to actually reach the patients in the country. Yeah. And for, for us, for, for you as a patient, there's only six hospital beds for every 10,000 Filipinos. So it's definitely a painful journey in actually getting just a, just a regular checkup. Especially now in times of a pandemic. That's right. That's, that's pretty much another... It's pretty much another inflection point for Mm -hmm. us, uh, this pandemic. Cool. Let's talk about that. So after finding product market fit, what were those, like you said, inflection points or growth levers that really helped propel you guys to scale and to get to where you are now? So how we got to product market fit was, uh, so so number one, aid is pretty much a marketplace, right? So we're like an e-commerce or e-commerce for health services. So for us, uh, we pretty much uh, try to get everyone in that funnel. The more users or the more people that we acquire to get in that funnel, the more we have the, uh, I guess, the more we could test if it's actually going to be a product market fit for them. So one was getting them in, but the other one was actually getting them to use it, which is another challenging part. Um, I guess throughout their journey, I have to say there were like three major inflection points. Um the first inflection point happened back in 2017, late 2017. Um, a celebrity enjoyed uh, the journey in getting healthcare through aid. She got a nurse for her newborn. 
And I guess she loved it so much that she shared it to Instagram. And that created a lot of word of mouth, a lot of buzz for us. Um, so from then on, I mean, people were sharing that post. Uh, people were inquiring about uh, these nurses for their newborn. And that was pretty much a, you know, it was a proud moment for us. We believe that it was a product market fit for that nursing side. So we, we pretty much doubled down on the nursing side of the newborn. newborn. Um, and so we worked on just providing quality service uh, during that time. Cool. And then, you know, I'm, I'm sure for, like, for any startup, it's like up and down, right? just like the oh my God moment, just like a what the hell moment. <laughs> um, so after 2017, it was pretty much uh, still a turbulent, uh, turbulent few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, we got an investment from Ayala. So that was, again, another inflection point for us. Um, so I'd, that inflection point created, our, or that Ayala investment um, created a lot of credibility for aid. Very, the difficulty in health tech is actually trying to bring down that trust barrier for the user to actually try it. So people are wondering, who is aid, right? And um, so we tried to do some, a lot of awareness through PR, through some news clippings. And then when Ayala came in, uh, that definitely created uh, or boosted our traction again. So we were saying, okay, so we our product market fit is pretty much a product very fit you know, <laughs> at, 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 at that time. Okay. And then, uh, and then when the pandemic happened, when the lockdown happened, that I have to say we became even more relevant. Mm-hmm. What we were, what yeah, what we were building since 2016 became very very relevant at this date. For sure. At this year. Um, our numbers just skyrocketed. Um, and I'm just so proud to say that we are actually cash positive for, for the year. Fantastic. Yeah. So, Congrats. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to, you know, the business side, the pandemic did well for aid. Um, but I hope, you know, aid continues to make everyone uh, better yeah, in their lives. Of course. So now that you've found product market fit and um, you've obviously had three great inflection points for growth. Um, what stage of the company are you guys currently in? What stage of growth would you say you're in now? So I always imagine my startup as an airplane, right? So I'm the captain of the plane. Our, our wheels are off the ground. It's, it's pretty much trying to scale from here, uh, from here on and trying to hit that uh, cruising altitude of 30,000 feet so you could at least uh, have some stability. Um, so, yeah, so we're in the scaling part, scaling both, scaling all user base, scaling the product offering, um, and scaling the organization. So that's that's where we are today. And what, what are some of the insights or um, developments that contributed to growth? So you mentioned those three inflection points. What did you learn from those that you incorporate into how you guys run the business or how you run whatever marketing and, and product development? Um, so data is number one. Um, so we would monitor that on a daily basis. So when we were trying at the early uh, years in aid, we were, we were experimenting a lot. Uh, in marketing. Uh, we were trying to find that specific channel that will give us that completion or that daily completion. The, our, our, just to share with you, our, our major metric or our North Star metric is our unit economics. Just a quick side note for those of you who haven't heard of the term North Star metric before. It's a company-wide metric for tracking the overall company growth. 
um, company-wide, meaning that it isn't just relevant for one department, but is the overall success metric of the company. So it's the single figure that tells you if you're moving towards your goal as a company or not. In this case, for example, Paolo was saying that their North Star is their unit economics, and he'll tell us a little bit about that right now. Our major metric or our North Star metric is our unit economics. Now, if you break that down, that's pretty much the long-term value and the cost of, of cost of acquiring the customers, right? So we have uh, sub-metrics on that. But the number one is pretty much our unit economics. And for us to actually get a healthy unit economics is to provide quality service. Um, so, especially for health, right? Um, um, and I keep saying this in, in startup. Um, people say, you know, uh, move fast and break things. Well, you can't really do that in health tech, right? Um, so we were experimenting a lot. Uh, when I say experimenting, we were doing things quickly and cheaply and the, the most cost-efficient way before we actually double down on things. So we did uh, um, social media, so that was a lot. Since we're a B2C, we need to actually create, to, 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 to try to acquire these customers to come in that funnel. And uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Google were actually doing as well. Um, but when the influencer happened, we realized, oh, that influencer or somebody sharing their experience gave us that uh, conversion from actually getting in the funnel to using it. If somebody speaks about their journey and speaks about it so highly, you'll actually be tempted to try it, right? So we tried to focus on earlier days focusing on uh, 100 users and make them very, very happy uh, until they actually share it. Uh, when they share it and they have a huge uh, influence uh, or a follower base, following base, and that creates a lot of buzz for us. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, you're saying like really retention and understanding the needs of the user is in this case at least more um, valuable to your growth than just pure acquisition. Yeah, it's it's really going down to uh, um, so number one is uh, for them to use it. Number two is for them to retain or to repeat use. And number three, which I always like to say, make them ambassadors of aid. Um, mm -hmm. So they could actually share it with their family members and, and, and that works well for us. Mm -hmm. And how do you get them to that point that they actually refer you? Do you have special referral programs? Is it totally organic and just all about customer service? Um, what's your strategy around creating ambassadors out of customers? So we, we don't have any referral program, to be straightforward. Uh, but, we have, but what we're doing is that we, we notice that Filipinos uh, still love that uh, human touch. So we have a few, or just, I mean, just actually two people, uh, live people, that can entertain your questions. So when you start booking through through the app, definitely you'll have a lot of questions on certain stuff. I mean, that, that seems to be like a behavior in, in the country. So we, when we put that uh, quote-unquote customer service part, that created a lot of uh, uh, warmth and, um, and confidence for them to use aid. And we just make sure that it's, it's uh, we monitor the use, we monitor it from the back end that the doctor is there. Um, uh, on time, uh, properly uh, dressed uh, and clean, 
and the user will be just very happy. So again, it goes back to the quality service. And you mentioned, so you have your North Star metric, but you mentioned that underneath that you have a lot of sub-metrics that everyone is focused on as well. So do you structure your organization and, and the goals or the OKRs around growth? Or like, how does it look like? What does the structure of the organization look like in relation to these metrics or these goals that you mentioned? That's a good question. In fact, so that's my... That's my metric, right? That unit economics. Now, everyone, I give them their sub-metrics from there. Um, so the organization is structured that way. So we have, when we have our man counts, in fact, we do it on a weekly basis because in, in, in tech, you know, a lot of things change in a week. So we try to catch this immediately if we have to double down on something or we have to uh, pull back on something else. Um, so from the unit economics or from my metrics, uh, I give them their sub-metrics. So, for example, let's say uh, the organization structure or my mancom is structured. Like, uh, to my right is the, are the marketing people. To my left would be the product team people. To my front would be the business dev and ops people. Um, and um, I have right beside me is the regulatory. So just to make sure that we're in check. Right? So, so we always... The start of the meeting, we always start first with our daily traction and what was the marketing that we did during that time. It's very important for us that we're able to track it. Um, so we don't just do marketing here and there. We try to plan it out and see the effect in the next day or so. So we put out marketing one strategy and then we follow it in day one, two, three. Now, if it grew, um, there's, cer there's certain things. If it grew in terms of user base, if it grew in terms of requests, and if we're able to complete. So imagine, imagine my funnel, right? So trying to squeeze that all there. And it's all, all with data. So I, I also have our, our data guys just to give me some feedback on it. So with all this information, I'm able to move my levers. So from product team, I'll tell them you have to, looks like the customers, they don't like this part, they're irritated with this, we have to change that. Uh, for the doctor's part, we have to do this. We have to make sure that we train them properly, give them this feedback. Um, so again, we move based on data, based on information. Um, yeah, you even said at the beginning of this talk that data is number one. So, But a lot of um, even digital companies, I, I would say in the Philippines, they still haven't really... They haven't really like figured out what they should be tracking, how they should be tracking it. So how was that for you guys? Like, How did you set up your data infrastructure i mean it seems to be really driving everything that you do it's it's not complicated in fact um and we uh you know we did a lot of uh, mistakes in the past and we, we we're, we're learning from that um in fact sometimes we don't in, in earlier days we didn't monitor the the effect on this certain marketing uh uh strategy that we're doing so what we we just have those Numbers were technically for the for the app. You're able to count the clicks, right? You're able to count the the, the number of people that sign up. You're able to count the number of people that have made the request or where they stop in that journey in the app. Um, and you're you're also able to see uh, what are the services that they that they want or what they want to choose. So. Um, I have to say the tech, the product team did a very good job. Uh, we did that in, we did that uh, internally ourselves. We didn't get any outside platform. 
Um, the data team really just had to work with what they had. Um, and and then for them, don't try to fudge any data. That's the worst thing that they could do. So it will not help, right? So if it's bad, it's bad. Um, so, um, yeah, so again, it's nothing complicated. Um, you have to make sure that you're looking at the right numbers. Uh, earlier, we were looking at downloads. That's not the right number, really. Um, downloads won't give you money. Uh, in 2017, we were checking out downloads on a daily basis. Oh, my gosh. Downloads won't convert. It's all about somebody trying to complete. That, that's where you want to focus. So we, we've been moving our metrics from left to right and trying to find it. In fact, during the pandemic, again, um, yes, unit economics is my number one. But next to that is revenue, probably profitability. Um, so we put that in as a new, new core KPI for, 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 for us. Um, nice. And, and, and when we talk about um, downloads just being a vanity metric and you actually want to drive people towards like um, let's say it's let's call, let's say it's to the aha moment, right? The moment where they actually see the value in the app and they become officially a user of the app. What is that moment usually in the customer journey for your users? When they when they become healthier and better, at the least uh, energy and time uh, consumed for them. That's the aha. For them, that's they will share that. That's the aha moment for, for them. Um, for the medical professional side, their aha moment is uh, their earnings. If they're able to earn uh, a good uh, a good amount stay, just to stay with us in the platform, then that's a, an aha moment for them. In fact, just to share, we have our, our doctors are increasing in terms of full-time aid doctors. Uh-huh. So we're doing, we're also solving something in that side, right? So these doctors are leaving, are, are leaving a clinic, uh, clinic work and just focusing on aid patients. And on that note, so it is basically, it is a marketplace. Like you said, it is a platform business. What you have is, what you have built is really a platform connecting uh, the supply, which is the doctors to the demand, which is the, the patients. Um, what was your strategy then in getting to a critical mass where there were enough doctors and enough users that it actually created a network effect so that every new user or every new doctor added value to the app. So when we started in, in uh, 2016, we were, we were thinking whether to start uh, getting the supply or getting the users. We decided to check the users, uh, sorry, check the supply first and see if there are doctors and nurses that are interested in this kind of, kind of platform. Um, we were pretty much enjoying the first mover advantage. So during that time, we did get a lot of uh, medical professionals. In fact, in the first three months, we got a thousand. And so that showed like, okay, there is a strong value proposition in this side. So now let's work on the other side. So number one, first, the medical professionals are in for free. Um, so it's, it's not heavy on them and they're just waiting for users to actually book them. So while our supply team is actually vetting them and making sure that they're good quality doctors on board, we decided to start marketing in the user side. Now that was very difficult. Um, uh, um, the, the doctors were waiting during in, in 2017 while the users were pretty much struggling to get in. We were not getting the right users. A lot of downloads were coming in from Android, um, but we realized 
our market is iOS. So we shifted our market and we'll focus more of our budget in, in iOS users. And true enough, we were getting completions during, uh, at that time. Now, because of this first mover advantage, we have a huge uh, number of medical professionals in Metro Manila and other cities and with different variety. So there's general practitioners, there's uh, county medicine doctors, there's pediatricians and other specialized doctors. And having this variety and having that uh, huge uh, doctor or medical professional base, it, it provides a fast and quality service to the user side. So that pretty much created the critical mass for us. As, and the users were growing because they were sharing that you could get these doctors in aid. At the same time, for the doctors, um, we were the other doctors, we weren't anymore marketing to acquire doctors. They would just come to our landing page saying that they have an intent to join. So we, we just onboard them, go through the vetting process, and they're in. So it, it started creating a network effect. Um, we didn't have to, we didn't have, we're not marketing, just to share, we're not marketing anymore today. The entire 2020, there was really very small marketing, almost none. And because of the viral uh, or the uh, word of mouth and sharing of other users and doctors, our numbers just keep on growing on a daily basis. Great. Did you guys run any growth experiments or test different hypotheses to improve your marketing or your product to, to kind of like um, move the needle more towards this organic viral growth? Yeah, we, we, we did a lot of experimenting down to different channels, um, down to uh, vloggers, bloggers, uh, news. Um, but the real uh, channel really is the uh, viral marketing, which is the word of mouth or people when people share it. So that's where we try to focus. We did do some paid influencers um, in the past, and that also did well. Well, not all. So we would look at the who are the followers of these influencers. You know, so it's not because the, this person has like a million followers. We want those. We want those followers to be engaged in health on a certain. Uh, uh, we, you know, in the office, we we drew this uh, customer profile. Um, I told the team, draw this person that we're trying to acquire. So we, we, we did a research, even down to the data. We, we put in the age of this person, with female or male, what does he or she wear, where does she live, and we will acquire this person from here on because this person will give us the retention, uh, the revenue, and the referrals. And that's where we all did, that's where we did it. So we were just looking at that picture just to share, share with you, it's a female. Uh, we noticed that our users are majority female at the age range of 29 to 44 years old um, and very busy. These are, the, these are the women that don't want to wait. So that's, uh, that's, where we, that's where we're trying to get it. So all our, all our, our, our languages, all our posts, all our... Uh, pretty much our marketing attacks were leaned towards acquiring that person. Great. And what about um, in terms of improving your product, so product development? How do you guys decide when to add a new feature or, or how to change the customer journey or little even little changes within the app? Um, 
so the product team sometimes, uh, uh, you know, I'm trying to learn also. I'm trying to strike a balance from not being too pushy and also at the same time uh, being uh, giving uh, proper feedback. Um, one thing I've learned uh, is that it's best to, so when we decide to do something in the product side, it's best to give it some time to see if it actually really works. Um, in 2019, I, I would have that, uh, I guess, uh, I would uh, react too quick and, and I would pull the, pull, the, pull the designer, pull that certain item in the product that we shouldn't go through. Uh, but, you know, give it more time, it actually would work. So, again, it's, it's, we listen so much about the feedback. Um, on the operations side, we, we started this happy call service, meaning there's a, a person that calls customers just to ask for feedback in all aspects. Um, so, we asked about did the app, uh, what about the app that irritated you? What about the app that helped that you liked a lot? Um, uh, what about the doctor or the medical professional did you like or did not like and we always have like this last question what is that uh, imagination that you dreamed that aid would be so it's, it's really it's really like trying to ask up for that magic potion right and then we'll try to do it so we use that we give it the product team we give it to the ops team and and we make sure that they receive it well and improve mm -hmm. And do you send that to all customers or do you have like um, somehow do you identify somehow customers who are um, very satisfied or those who you think are not going to be repeat customers? Like how do you separate them in terms of their user profile or their customer profiles? You know, in, in uh, social media, people love to rent. So you could <laughs> see who you, who you should approach, right? So... Uh, in, if you look at AIDS uh, Facebook uh, page, you'd see like like 300 reviews, good and bad, and we, we focus on all. <laughs> okay. So anyone, anyone that reviews, yeah. we, we contact them. Okay, that's cool. How, how do you guys, what kind of metrics do you use to actually measure or to identify customer satisfaction um, since it's very important to you guys? Uh, that's a repeat. So we, we, we have two numbers, repeat, uh, uh, user repeat, and patient repeat. Um, the reason it's different is because the users, uh, so one thing we realize that the users usually are not the patient. These are the tech-savvy uh, people that book for their family. Uh, the patient can be their kid, the patient can be their mom or dad or, or their husband. Um, so we, we have that basis. If, if it's going down, something's wrong. Um, if they're not using it again. Um, one thing we realized in the past, uh, so we got one comment. We got several comments like this. Uh, the patient, the user would say, um, it's great. I enjoy, I enjoy the, the experience, but thank God I'm not sick. So I'll probably use that again next year in my head. Okay. So that's not right on a business standpoint, right? So that's the reason why we also developed the wellness part of the app. Because um, we don't want people to say, AIDS, it's a great idea, but I don't want to get sick to use AIDS. So we want to, I, I want to be there when, when you're healthy. So the wellness part, so we have uh, 
we have the DNA test, which we partnered uh, with Brenetics. We we have uh, we were developing the fitness part, a fitness coach that can come to your home. We were we we're gonna put out the yoga part, the physical therapy part. So that would be what we're trying to do is trying to be with you in your entire uh, life journey, from your healthy, sick, and recovering. So we want to be there for you. So so again, so because of that comment, we we put it on the product team, develop this, put up this uh, wellness part marketing start spreading the marketing part, um, et cetera. And also on the blood work, you're saying, you're saying get your blood tested so at least you know, uh, don't wait to get sick, have yourself tested. So it became that kind of marketing. Like you said, you guys are already profitable and it's time to scale and figure out what more, what other markets to go into and what other offerings, uh, what other products to offer. So um, what, are, what are you guys focusing on right now? What are the metrics and what are the experiments or hypotheses you're testing right now? It's more on uh, becoming a personalized care. So it's empowering the patient. So um, what we want is that we want to put data in your app, uh, meaning your, your blood work or your lab results are in the app. It could be graphed. It could be compared from different uh, different times you had it tested. Um, we also want to integrate AI in the app, meaning it could notify you. Let's say Annette, you need a replenishment of your medicine because, based on our count, that's supposed to be done by next week. In a click, you will it, the medicine will be at your door. Or if you want the blood work done tomorrow, one click, uh, you're you're going to have a med tech in your in your home tomorrow. So. Those are the pretty much pretty much our initiatives for the next uh, next year or so. Um, but again, today our our metrics still the same. Uh, it it still boils down to that unit economics, and it still boils down to quality service. Mm-hmm. So how I mean, at the end of the day, there are so many possibilities. How do you guys define what to prioritize right now? How do you draw your roadmap? So again, we like today's pandemic. Everything is about COVID. We immediately trained our doctors uh, to do COVID testing at home. So they, they do PCR tests at home. They do rapid and antibody tests at home. We partnered with the laboratories so they could actually uh, send a sample to them so you could get the results. So we, we make sure we listen to the users on what is needed today. So we, we did that COVID test and then we pivoted quickly to the e-consultation part. Um, So now AID is also a telemedicine platform. So it's a full telehealth uh, marketplace now, uh, wherein you could also chat with a doctor um, wherever you are. In fact, we opened it to the entire world. So any Filipino outside outside the country can actually utilize this and use it. Uh, They could book for their family members in the Philippines and pay it from, let's say, Germany. yeah, so we listen to the market. What's what is needed in terms of uh, for our users in this particular area, um, and then we try to fulfill that uh, and make that even better. Yeah, so it's pretty much getting feedback on a daily basis too. Mm-hmm. I think this has all been like very valuable lessons, and I definitely learned a lot about what you guys have been doing at Aid. But what is what is some advice that you would give a founder or a growth manager? who is still at this early stage, um, what would you say to them to help them get to where you guys are today? Um, okay, so 
Number one, don't be afraid to spend on marketing. Um, if you hit something right, it should give you three times back in terms of revenue. Um, so marketing is not really a cost. It's more like an investment. Um, so experiment fast and uh, the, less, the least expensive way and double down on things if it works. Um, for those startup, for those founders that are in my journey during this pandemic, I would suggest you uh, take your foot off the gas first. Um, focus on providing quality service or quality product um, and bring your startup to a profitable state. Um, um, again, a startup, there's so many forms of success of any business or any startup, uh, but I think being sustainable in all levels, meaning sustainable financially, sustainable in creating a social impact, and also sustainable in whatever way you could help the environment. I think that's pretty much the core or the focus of today, and that will help you bring to your startup to the next level. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed hearing about how Paolo and his team are focusing their efforts on designing the best products and user experiences for Filipinos to better take care of their overall health and well-being. You can learn more about Paolo and Aid on their website at aid-app.com. In our next episode, we're exploring growth in the fintech scene with Todd Schweitzer, the CEO and co-founder of Brancas, a startup from Indonesia bringing open banking to Southeast Asia.